Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's take roll. Suckage roll call. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Ryan Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad he used to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not going to make anyway. You guys are suck. Hey, when, when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, the suck. Random Bears fan. Steph Curry. We suck tonight. Terry Boars. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. St. John. Sucks to me. Ross Perot. There will be a jump sucking sound going south. Devin McCourty. Sucks to end the season that way. Nick Chubb. One of the things that stuck in that stuck to us when, when he came here, he said, you know, you got to embrace the suck. 
Pat McAfee. There are some commentators that suck out there. Nicholas Ehlers. Uh, yeah, uh, not a fun morning. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, Chris Ballard. And now we get we lose these last two games and we just suck. Giannis. We suck. Play bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Drew Doughty. Thanks for going through this. I know it sucks watching it, but uh, we'll get out there in a sec. Um, Garth Algar. Get it off, man. Get it off. It's sucking my will to live. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. Mark Grody. Bueller. Bueller. Trash Panda. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Grody's gone again, huh? Yeah. Hey, look. Geez. Grody's gone. But Liam Hendricks is here. We added to it. Look, you, I'm the one who's allowed to lose his mind. I'm the one whose mind and memory is allowed to turn to meringue, not yours. And I asked you, can I billboard this on the tweeter machine that we have a new roll call name? Okay, no, yeah, uh, yeah. no. Well, here's here's the issue. I did, yes, I tweeted out two weeks ago now. Yes, that you we had tweeted Liam Hendricks, it out. That we had Liam Hendricks, but I couldn't remember because I, I, I work on a lot of different shows, Rosie, and I couldn't remember, okay, when did we decide that Liam Hendricks was on this? Have we even used it yet? And it's been two weeks since we had a show, so I was like, well, did we use it two weeks ago? And then and then I pu- pulled it up here, and I'm like, no, we definitely didn't. So, yeah, Liam Hendricks is new. That's That's... He's 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 on the on the suckage roll call permanently now. And we did find Mark Grody and he will be joining us at 12:30. We have all kinds of bear stuff to talk about including I love this. Remember how pissed everyone was that Matt Nagy is an idiot and Justin Fields is debuting against the Browns and that defense that is just man-eating and Matt Nagy was too stupid to block pass rushers, and Justin Fields got bounced around and dribbled and he turned into Jay Cutler. Well, Justin Fields, it turns out, was just as pissed about that as you were. And That's, we will... I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I still... And we'll get into this. We'll get into this when we when we get there. But I still get angry about that game sometimes. And in fact, every time it's brought up. So when when it was brought up yesterday... I was like, yeah, I'm angry all over again. I still can't I still can't believe A, Matt Nagy did that, B, he wasn't fired by the end of the game. By halftime. Yes. By halftime of that. Well, that was um we, it, Parkins and Spiegel, Danny Parkins, Matt Spiegel, uh Parkins and Spiegel show, uh interviewed uh the quarterback coach with whom Justin Fields works and has worked since I don't know, the sixth grade, something like that. And he was giving you insight into what Justin Fields thought then and what Justin Fields is doing now. And it was a terrific interview, very revealing. And we will do that, and then we will run that by Mark Grody in the noon hour. At the 1 o'clock hour, we will talk with Cody Westerland of the score. We'll talk Bulls. Bulls heat tonight. 645 Chuck's pregame show. We will talk to Cody about that. The Bulls have a kind of a disaster on their hands. It seems to be, we'll, we'll talk about that with Cody later on, but this seems to be a growing issue. Tonight, they'll be playing the Heat, and the Raptors won last night. So the Raptors are tied in the standings 
with the Bulls, the Bulls have the tiebreaker, I believe, over them and yes, Cleveland. So the Bulls are ahead of them. However, the Raptors play the Heat on Sunday. So the Bulls are going to do the Raptors a favor. If the Bulls don't beat the Heat, and remember the Bulls really never beat good teams, then the Heat gets to play. The Raptors get a tired Heat team, and the Raptors could pass the Bulls in the standings. And that's yeah, the way back-to-backs work. I think that the way things are going to shake out, I, Cleveland would have to, I saw this the other day, Cleveland has to finish the season like 5-2 and two or something like it's that. Not, it, yeah. You know what, that, so, the idea so of the, the play-in play, The play-in game happen. is out. I think, they're def, I think the Bulls are going to end up as the sixth seed, though. I think that's how this is trending, unless they find a way to beat some good teams down the stretch. I think that when we go back to if if there were a tape of this show as opposed to them ceremonially burned the way they are we are been ordered as to do by, by management, we would have taken sixth as a wonderful opportunity for the Bulls. We oh, had no course. idea what these bodies were going to look like, how these personalities were going to mesh, and you were looking at well, that's a really big, tough East. Don't make just. Get past the play-in, right? Wasn't that the hope? Yeah. That was sixth place. And the issue became that the standard was raised. The expectation, I should say, was raised because they spent so much time in first place in the East. Mm -hmm. And so that changed our perspective of who they could be, when in reality, they were always this level of a team. I what? think so. Well, and, and maybe who knows what happens if if Lonzo Ball is healthy all year. That's uh, that I think was a more key injury than Caruso and Patrick Williams. No, 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 no. I think no, so. No, 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 no. I think so. Correct. I, I Caruso's injury was huge and is remaining huge now as he's going to be okay. limited okay. Okay. at because what we we had we had Rick on before his return, the day he was going to return. And you saw what an what he did to Cleveland, how he changed everything, how he changed that team. Okay, you're right, and, you're right. You're and right. I, I'm not minimizing Lonzo Ball, but what we what we saw was you bring up the point that what the Bulls did was the greatness was even more acute because they because Demar Derozan did it by himself and did it, and Levine Zach was hurt, and 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 they got along wonderfully. One of the stories we talked, the storylines we talked about is were these guys going to play my turn basketball? And these guys own the fourth quarter. They're the two best. They're the best fourth quarter duo in the NBA, and he's still the best fourth quarter scorer. DeRozan is, but it's still that it's by a wide margin too. Yes, it's it by is. like two hundred points. Yes. It's, it's kind of absurd. Over Giannis, remember yes. him? He's yes. part of our second roll call. And I don't. I don't know how. I can't recall exactly how good the Bucks looked last year at this time. But I'm hard pressed to think. I hate Grayson Allen. I hate the idea that I'm rooting for somebody to hurt Giannis to make Grayson Allen feel even worse and Milwaukee feel even worse about Grayson Allen. But that's a really good, well rounded team. I, I think that they're the team to beat in the East. I, I think they always have been. They just yeah. they just kind of slept walk through the first half of the season because they knew that they're I you know that they're that good. You, and it's similar to like some of the LeBron teams that we've seen just hangover. kind of yeah. they had the championship yeah. hangover. Yeah, they they just kind of get through the first half of the season and nothing really matters until after the All-Star break. Just don't slip too far in the standings as long as you have a home series in the first round, we're good to go. 
We're going to talk with Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB.com. We'll talk to him in a couple minutes. And we'll talk to him about what the Sox did. And did they do enough? What do you think of what they did, Trash Panda, as they traded Craig Kimbrell, who are they dying to get rid of, to the Dodgers, the Doyers, and bringing back A.J. Pollock, 34, hits left-handers, hits right-handers, plays the outfield, plays both corner positions really well, plays all of them, actually, if you need to. He can actually play defense, which is strange for the White Sox, and he can run the bases really well, which, again, is strange for the White Sox. He just can't stay healthy. And I think that, first of all, I think that the trade in its in and of itself is is perfect for both sides. The Dodgers needed a closer. The White Sox needed an outfielder. So I think that it's a mutually beneficial trade, at least as of right now. And, you know, who knows how it, how it plays out the rest of the year. I also think that obviously the White Sox needed an outfielder. So they're filling that need. Now, like you said, AJ Pollock has had trouble staying healthy. He's probably, if history tells us anything about him, he's probably not going to play more than like 120 games, which is fine. You had to find a way to get through those other 40 games now, as long as he's healthy the down the stretch and into the playoffs. That's when you're going to need him the most. That's and that's when you're going to need it's his bat and his defense. It now that he's there, Luis Robert doesn't have to play two and a half positions in the outfield, which, which I think is outstanding. He only has to play one and a half. He's just got to cover for Eloy. And not, not. so I think that is great. It extends their lineup. Like you were mentioning, he, he, he can hit it. The only downside is he's not a left-handed hitter, which I think they're still missing in the lineup. And Gavin Sheets, I think will do some filling in there. To, to help, but he, help them but he's, a little he bit. He hits but, right-handers the way he hits left-handers, which is good. He hits, he hits right-handed pitching as a right-handed batter the way you'd want a left-handed batter to, to hit. And that's again, so it mitigates that. I mean, I don't see I why think, that's a yeah, worry. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. I just, if I was given a choice between a righty and a lefty coming coming in to, to the team, I would have said lefty. But yeah, the fact that he hits left-handed pitchers, or sorry. Hits right and left-handed pitchers the same. Cool. Love it. And they're gonna and the team is gonna continue to crush lefties all year, which they've done for the last two years, which is fine by me. So the Michael Conforto thing got an answer. We we kept wondering why you as you speak, this left-handed bat, this is what you wanted. Why aren't it but nobody was going after him. So what was it? And so everybody apparently knew that he was hurt. So he landed irregularly, as Scott Boris, his agent, said, and he hurt his shoulder and he's rehabbing it, and it doesn't seem as though anybody trusts him. And so it was the the easy joke for Conforto now kind of applies to A.J. Pollock, that if you're looking for a guy to have the White Sox injury history in the outfield, you got him. Conforto was there, and A.J. Pollock is that guy, but what he does, we, Tony Russo's on the score. We'll bring that back to you in the one o'clock hour. He was on inside the clubhouse with uh, David Haw and Bruce Levine, and he made the point about the postseason experience that and and the quality, the locker room leadership that the guy has. So, <clears throat> this is a Sox team that can't beat good teams, and the Bulls can't beat good teams either. It seems to be a whole. Chairman Reinsdorf. Chicago theme. The Bears yeah. can't beat good teams either. Right. That's true. Well, I can't beat anybody. Um, the well, yeah. the idea 
to bring in another veteran, a guy like that, and we saw flashes of it back when Dallas Keiko was good and could be respected, right, two years ago in the 60-game the season, and he said about, what was it, less than two weeks into the season, the guys aren't taking this seriously. Now, this is a guy coming off a, a cheating one World Series, but a World Series nonetheless. And he was talking like a guy who had been there and knew how to, knew how to play, knew how to perform. Pollock is that guy. Tony La Russa was making that point. Play all these positions. Do whatever you need. And I think that's really important for a team who, really, Tony La Russa was Ricky Renteria last year, wasn't he? Didn't he? They, they, he got no farther. He and his Hall of Famer baseball person TV sh- or T-shirt. Yeah, they, they won the same amount of games in the postseason. Yeah. 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 Okay. And and I I think you can put a lot of that on the manager, too. By the way, you you mentioned... Pollock's postseason success. I mean, he crushed in the NLCS last year. He had well, a one point one nine OPS in the, I, in the in the in the ALCS. And that's a matter of having a good. I mean, we saw Jacques Peterson go was great with the Cubs in spring training, sucked with the season open, and then he's wearing pearls as he's collecting his championship ring for the Braves. It's a matter, of, you know, getting hot at the right time. And I don't. I'm not. I have nothing against that. You're just. You sometimes that's just. Dumb luck. That's the hot goalie theory. All right, we're going to take a break. We will talk more White Sox with Scott Merkin of MLB.com. Um, and after that, I have – I don't think the White Sox did enough. I have an idea of how they could do more, and it involves the Cubs. And I will discuss that with Trash Panda after this. We are Saturday Suckage, the missing Grody formation. Until noon, he'll be here. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda. This is Saturday Suckage. Dang it. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Fans want you want the organization to go out and you know right away get somebody else. That's uh, it's safe to say you don't view that as a necessity. Those are probably fans that are not White Sox fans. So White Sox fans know we got there's guys in this camp that can handle it. Been worn out the last couple of days with something I said about, and I keep seeing headlines where I'm rude, rude to the White Sox fans. I mean that's so much. <laughs> what I said was we're going to win with what we got here. And when I say if somebody is saying that we need help, they're not White Sox fans because they don't know. They're out there trying to make us spend money we shouldn't make or make it disrupt what we got here. Now, my question to you is, from day one to now, have I ever been disrespectful to the White Sox fans? Haven't I bragged about who they are? I mean, the support we got, I've never. So, I mean, for somebody to take what I said to mean like I'm demeaning a White Sox fan, that's, that's got to be corrected. And you know what? Scott Merkin, our guest, with this walk-up music, is running down the road in Arizona. He he might be headed. We have talked about a trip to Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. There's a statue on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. Welcome favorite, and welcome back. My That's, favorite uh, Eagles song, by the way. I have two Eagles songs in the front end and back end of this show. Neither uh, of which are that. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, that was Tony Larusa, the manager of the White Sox, who we just played what he said and then what he tried to think he said. And Tony, it's got to start somewhere. When you lose your mind, we have tape. It's all on tape. There it is. So you did. You said they weren't real White Sox fans because you needed help, and then you went out and tried to address exactly what those not real White Sox fans said. Maybe... Maybe it made sense in your head, Tony. I don't know. Let's ask somebody who is there. Indeed, the aforementioned Scott Merck, and he joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Scott, how are you doing today? Good. I think there's a lot of options for a greatest Eagles song, right? Take it easy. Take it to the limit. Already gone. Wasted time. All, all good options for the Eagles, I think. And the live version of Hotel California yes. is spectacular. If you have some time to commit, it's a long, it's a long song, the live version. Well, you know what? You can do that on as you're driving to Winslow, Arizona. You could play that a couple <laughs> times, actually. Wow, look at that. Yeah. That's a professional radio person right there. <laughs> All right. I don't, so I don't wanna I don't I don't wanna quickly uh demean Winslow, Arizona, but I was talked out a couple years ago of driving to Winslow, Arizona because they said, you know, it's 
it's a, it's a lovely city, but if you're going for the Eagles, it's just a lot of souvenir shops there, basically. So Right. Yeah. So what's the problem? You're in Arizona. <laughs> you're not in Chicago. We're going to get snow and wintry mix and all this crap today. Yeah, I'll drive to Winslow, Arizona. Two hours yeah, we'll of be not facing, being in this crap. We'll be facing that next weekend in Detroit, probably. So be ready. Well, welcome home. All right. So Tony Russa said one thing. Tony Russa tried to moonwalk, and Tony Russa is too old to moonwalk. And <laughs> and then the in the between the White Sox or after that the White Sox make a deal. So what did Tony say in your mind? And I know you tweeted out. He tried to say he didn't say it. So whatever he said, it seemed like the White Sox move to get AJ Pollock was to make White Sox fans sound smart. Yeah, you know, I think when we all kind of took a step back after we wrote it and tweeted it and talked a little bit about it in the press box, I think what he was trying to basically say, you know, to sum up was that, you know, we, we'll win with, you know, kind of the Gene Hackman line, right? We'll win with our team that we have here. And in the explanation he made, let's see, when was it? Thursday before the night game in Goodyear. You know, he was basically saying they're not White Sox fans, as in they're fans of other teams who just want us to spend money that, you know, is not in the budget right now. They don't know how good the players are that we have here. So maybe he actually knew something was going on and just kind of, I don't want to say overcompensated, but went a little too strong on that point. But yeah, probably, you know, it's it's kind of like talking about attendance. It's probably not a good thing to talk about anyone's fandom unless you're and, and you know just just let it let it go but I thought he explained himself well and I do know that you know he is very I mean and let's be honest you know he it, it was a it was a legit question about you know do you need to go outside and it was a legit answer by him in the sense that of course he supports his guys he works with these guys every day he's worked with some of them for you know more than a year now so you know he's not going to go out there and say First of all, he's an experienced manager who's won, you know, thousands of games and three World Series and six pennants. So he's certainly not going to go out there and say, oh, yeah, you know, give me someone. Let's get someone in here right now, you know. And, but he truly believes in his guys. I mean, and I think most managers do. I don't think there's many managers out there who are going to say, you know, yeah, I'm not real thrilled with this roster. But I, I think he really believes. And that's what that, that's what that comment legitimately was about. And, <clears throat> excuse me, in all deference to Tony, I didn't see a lot of headlines calling him rude. I think he saw one that was on the internet and that was about it, but there weren't many that called him. rude. I think many just kind of expressed what he said, <clears throat> excuse me. And that was it. Sorry. And yeah, I, I, I didn't see hardly any Scott calling him rude. I think that white Sox fans were more, more jesting about, Oh, I guess we're not fans because we want an actual right fielder. And that leads me to my question. They do go out, they move Craig Kimbrell, and they get AJ Pollock. So what do you think Pollock will do for this team? And how much concern is there for the fact that he typically is not going to be playing the entire season? You're probably going to get between 120, 120 and 100 games out of him if you look at his history. Well, I think that's why you look at him as kind of, you know, the right, the right fielder possibility and a guy who hits right-handed pitching very well. So, you know, I know a lot, as Rick pointed out, Rick Hahn pointed out yesterday that, you know, a lot of people were looking at left-handed hitting. And of course, Michael Conforto's name has come up since probably the middle of last year at this point. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think he's more of a championship component than the everyday right fielder. And that's not a shot at Pollock, who I was just talking to a Dodgers writer over breakfast here. And it's a, uh, 
it, it's very he's a very good player. He was one of their better hitters last year on a team that was, you know, as usual, outstanding. You know, I mean, it's not like he's coming from a team where there's no championship thoughts. It was, you know, a team that's, excuse me, if it's not in the NLCS every year, it's kind of a failure for the Dodgers. So, you know, I, I think he increases the championship depth, and depth is going to be so key this year. You're already seeing today, you know, to go with a, a couple things other, you know, that has happened already this week about injuries coming up. And, you know, players would sometimes joke or complain that spring training's too long, but, you know, I think you're going to see some offshoots of this quick ramp up. So you need a deep team. And, you know, Pollock, you now are saying, you know, even though Rick Hahn said the right things yesterday, you know, it, it reduces playing time a little bit for very talented young kids like Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. You know, even if you have um, DH open, but, you know, they're talking about, Tony's talked about Yasmani Grandel DHing a couple times a week and getting him off his feet and giving him a, a day off without giving him a day off and keeping that potent bat in the lineup. So it's a good problem to have. It really is. It's, it's, Tony has made this comment a, a number of times this spring, and he's not wrong in that, you know, too many good players. It's, it's, it's arguably one of the deeper rosters I've seen for the White Sox probably, in, you know, since 2006, 2005. Talking with Scott Merck at MLB.com, talking White Sox here on The Score. And thanks for not dying on us right there in the middle of the interview, Scott. It would be very awkward to keep asking <laughs> yeah, questions. I'm not, sure what, I'm not and, sure what that was from. Maybe and, the hotel room's got a little dryness here or something like that. Well, you're you're in a very dry – you're in the desert, Scott? Hey, good point. Is, good might, point. might come as news to you because you haven't <laughs> news been – Newsflash. Yeah, you haven't been so to you Aris. think sunscreen would be helpful too out here, you think? No, not at all. Try it. Just show it. Show it who's boss. So when you talk about depth, uh, my greatest fear um, for my greatest concern for depth is pitching. And for the White Sox, why don't you give me their rotation in order of pitchers that you trust? I dare you, but give me guys you trust. I would say uh, Lynn and Giolito, one and one A. You know, those two guys for certain. Okay. Dylan C's had a tremendous year last year, has thrown the ball very well during spring training. And again, you know, I always joke that no one gets to the Hall of Fame and gets up on stage and says, you know, I knew I was going to make it when I had that 1.2 ERA in Arizona that one spring. <laughs> so you, you, know, you, you don't worry about results out here, but Dylan C's really looks good on the mound. And he seems like a guy, you know, I've talked a little about this. He, he has established success behind him now. He was what, uh, third in the AL in strikeouts, I think first overall in baseball in strikeouts per nine. So he knows what he's capable of. So I trust him. And then, you know, Michael Kopech has got an abundance of talent. No question about it. He's got top of the rotation stuff. The question is just, you know, he was a little behind because he told us that he had had COVID in February. So that threw him off a little bit in preparation in terms of facing live hitters. So he's only going to have two starts out here, probably only go three innings on Tuesday, I believe, you know, he's throwing. So he's in line to, probably start the home opener against the Rays, but it'll probably be a combined type thing. Maybe him and Lopez, him and Velasquez. So he he's really kind of the kind of the X factor, I think, because he's so talented. And if he can, you know, with innings control this year, they're obviously not going to send him out there and say, okay, you know, you're ready to go, go give us 220 innings. Well, no pitcher gives anyone 220 innings at this point, really, right? But, I mean, he's, you know, they're going to watch his innings. So, I mean, if he can be as close to his dominant and stay healthy as they think he can. That's a huge boost. And then, you know, Keiko, you know, again, I don't really look at his numbers from any spring start, even, even, you know, the good one against the Dodgers are one where you have 11 hits yesterday because he's working on stuff. He's a veteran, 
And he had a bad year last year. There's no question about it. But the year before, in the abbreviated season where he made 11 starts, he was, what, fifth in Cy Young, sixth in Cy Young. So the talent there. So, you know, that's a that that's a big a big, you know, component right there too. And the thing is they don't have a lot of pitching behind them there. You know, their their main guys have graduated to the major league level. So they're now the thirtieth ranked farm system that just came out from MLB pipeline. You know, there's a guy like Jimmy Lambert who's there, Brandon Finnegan is someone they picked up as a non roster invite. You know, he has some experience, so they'll be working in Charlotte, but there's not a lot of depth behind them. So yeah, starting pitching is key. And then, you know, just real quickly bullpen a week ago was probably as strong as anyone in the game. And now you trade Craig Kimbrell and, you know, get a good, you know, component back and you probably are going to lose, unfortunately, Garrett Crochet for the season, Tommy John. So I would not be stunned. I would be actually more stunned if they didn't add someone else that I think, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge deal. It could be, but I think they had at least another pitcher, maybe, you know, maybe two before the season starts. Scott, I do want to ask you in a, in a minute here, how impactful you think the Garrett Crochet injury is going to be. But since we were talking about starting pitching, the new the new hot topic out there is Sean Manaya from the A's. How much or who do you think the White Sox would have to give up in order to acquire him? Yeah, I mean, he only has this year left right before he goes to free agency, so that's a consideration. You know, uh, I know they've watched him consistently during spring training out here. They have the luxury of Oakland training about, you know, 25 minutes away and playing 25 minutes away. And he's, you know, looked increasingly better. I heard, you know, not so great the first start, but looked has, it looked very good his last few starts. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to speculate. It's hard. I mean, Oakland's trading away a guy who's one of their frontline starters. So are they going to ask something like Andrew Vaughn and stick to it, which in which case the Sox will not be getting Sean Denaya. You know, or are they going to ask, for someone, you know, like a Jake Berger or Gavin, she's two very, very valuable players in the organization as well. But maybe the Sox look and say, okay, we, you know, we don't want to, but we can part with them to get, you know, a good left-handed pitcher. So it just depends on what Oakland's willing to do. And, you know, the Sox certainly are not operating in a vacuum on that. There's many, many teams that are going to be interested in a talent, talented left-handed pitcher like Manaya. And now let's go ahead and ask the Garrett Crochet question. So I don't think it was shocking to some people that were really paying attention, especially when you look at his velocity the last year that he's going to get that probably, I don't think that they haven't officially said that yet. Right. Scott, that he's going to get it. It's just probably happening. Is that the point that they're at still? Yeah. I mean, Rick told us yesterday that the MRI was not great. It showed some structural damage and, I forgot the exact terminology he said, but basically that, you know, it was leaning towards Tommy John surgery. It'd be an 11 to 13 month rec- recovery, but understandably Garrett Crochet is getting second opinions on it, to, you know, before anything is done moving forward. And it's sad because he was, he was going to play a huge role in the, on that staff. He was, you know, and he looked great this spring too. And he was going to pretty much take over the Kopech role from last year, which was, you know, strong, high leverage performance, but also being able to work in as a starter because that's what they envisioned him in the future. Scott so last he would, Oh, I'm sorry. He would go, you know, chances to go two or three innings. So that's a, that's a big loss overall. Last question. Uh, sure. You had mentioned you were talking with a Dodger writer, and this struck me as if I'm the Dodgers, I don't understand. If I'm a Dodger fan, I don't understand why this came down this way. In that... If you're going to trade for Craig Kimbrell to replace Kenley Jansen, you're going to give up a bat, a good bat, a quality bat, a reliable postseason bat, 
why do you let Jansen go? Why don't you just pay him what you're going to pay Kimbrell and not cost yourself a bat? So are we missing Pollock clogging up the, you know, or is he blocking some L.A. prospect? Is Do they know something about Jansen that, that nobody else knows? What? Why do they do it that way? Well, I don't follow the Dodgers closely, but I think Lux is going to be, is he an outfielder now, I believe? They moved him from the infield yeah. to the outfield, but... You know, I asked someone along that same question just about Pollock, and he said, no, no, Pollock was one of their more consistent hitters last year. You know, he was a big producer on that team, and he had thought that there wouldn't be – it seemed like the Dodgers were not going with a one-main closer type of thing. They were going to go by, you know, with a duff, bunch of different options. But let's be honest, the Dodgers have a roster where probably their B squad would win like 65 games, right, if you put them together for – and B, I mean, you know, not the everyday starters. They're They're that deep, but – yeah, it'll be interesting because I think Kimbrell, you know, he was, let's be honest, he was as good as any closer in baseball in the first half last year. His numbers were video game good. Now, he wasn't that for much of the other time with the Cubs and was not that with the Sox. But, you know, back in a closing role, I think, especially on a great team like the Dodgers, I think that'll give him a lot of opportunities. And I think that's just where he, he fits better, you know. So maybe it was a move the Dodgers really felt after surveying things during spring training they really needed to kind of finish things off moving towards their own World Series pursuit. All right, well, good luck with any kind of rotational thing with Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen. Good luck with that, Doyers. <laughs> Scott, we appreciate your time, and, and get ready for Detroit. Buckle up, pal. Buckle up. I will. I hope I have a jacket. I don't remember if I brought one or not, but I hope I do. Oh, Anyways, they, thanks, they, guys. They sell them in Detroit. Thanks, man. They do. I heard, I've, I've read that. Yeah, that's right. All right, thanks. Scott Merck and MLB.com. Talking White Sox, so they didn't do enough as far as I'm concerned. It was a really nice step. It wasn't the important step, so I have an idea for a trade target, and it's not Sean Mania. We're going to discuss that, me and Trash Panda. Uh, real quick, the least shocking news of spring training, David Ross has officially named Kyle Hendricks opening day starter. Hmm. So there you go. Yes. Don't, don't fall over on that one. I'm sure that was shocking to In you. In between... Dancing with the Stars romances or whatever else that's going on. And by the way, Cubs baseball will be brought to you right here on The Score with your self-described Huckleberry on play-by-play, Matt Spiegel. Matt Spiegel and Elise Meneker will bring you today's game, 155, right after us. Uh, Cubs baseball, Cubs and Angels, Joe Madden's team. And we'll bring you that on The Score Matt Spiegel, Elise Meneker. Baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball, baseball, baseball. Spiegel play-by-play, Elise Meneker doing color right here on the score. Or on the Odyssey app, or Boombox, or your garage, or in Herb Spiegel's backyard. Right? Isn't that one of the options? Matt Matt Spiegel should, for play-by, when he does play-by-play, when Spiegel does play-by-play, he should auction that off. Money going to charity that you can sit with his dad in the backyard while his son does play-by-play, and you can do listen on the app. I think that'd be a good experience. Yeah, yeah. And to the texture who said, 312 texture, maybe Jansen can't hit 90 anymore. Well, that's that's part of it. The Braves figure he could do something like that. But what can Kimbrell hit? Whatever he did last year with the Cubs, it seems like a lifetime ago. And remember, he came and and he's been given to these ability, given to these huge swings. The Red Sox used Chris Sale instead of Craig Kimbrell to close the World Series, 
And then the Cubs got him, and he was lights out. And then the Sox got him, and Tony LaRussa didn't. If Tony LaRussa had listened to Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrell might still be here, and the White Sox might have gone on to the World Series. Might have at least won a game. He might not be Ricky Renteria, that Tony LaRussa guy. All right, I got a trade, and we'll talk about it with the White Sox. And he's Trash Panda. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The playoff experience, the having obviously been to the promised land and performed well on the biggest stage, we think is a positive. Very positive clubhouse presence, not dissimilar from a guy like Josh Harrison or, or Joe Kelly, uh, Kendall Graveman, all veterans who have been through the, been through the wars and succeeded on the biggest stage, which we think fits in nicely with a young team, a, play, a team with a lot of young core players that are continuing to grow through, ideally, all the way through October. Indeed. Rick Hahn, general manager of the White Sox. Talking about acquiring A.J. Pollock. Got that championship sheen to him. All good, all necessary. It makes a difference if those guys think it makes it. Those guys in the clubhouse, the dressing room, on the field, between the lines, thinks it makes a difference, then it does make a difference. But I don't think, as much as I love the acquisition, and I think it was terrific to purge themselves of Craig Kimbrell, the the misused and certainly not good enough for what they could have had. So real quick, who do you blame more for Kim, Kimbrell's failures? La Russa. La Russa? Okay. La Russa. That's So we're on the same page. When you had, you, Liam Hendricks said, I don't care. I'll pitch the seventh and the eighth if that's what he wants in the ninth. That's, see, that's, yeah, it's a fundal, fundamental misunderstanding of your players. Liam Hendricks doesn't care when or where he pitches. Mm-hmm. Kimbrell does. He might say all the right things about, no, it doesn't matter, but clearly, clearly it matters to him. And when you talk about – I heard it invoked about loyalty to players and loyalty, and, and Larusa may have used that phrase last year in loyalty to Liam Hendricks and what he has done. You have a loyalty to the organization that is paying you, that stuck with you despite the DUI, Hall of Famer baseball person. You have a loyalty to winning a World Series, and that's the object of the exercise, and that gets me to where I want to go – what would you give up on the White Sox to get Kyle Hendricks, the Cubs' opening day starter? Ooh, they need that. We asked. We asked Merkin. I asked Merkin. Okay, you trust Giolito? Mm. You trust Lynn? Yes, you do. Do you trust Dylan Cease? I think I trust him through, uh, for the. I don't trust. I don't know if I trust him in the playoffs. Which against means good I don't, teams? Yes. Well. I would have to look at his splits against good teams last year, but he sucked in his playoff start. And so I don't know if the, the concern with Dylan cease is the stuff is great. And he largely was in control last year, but you still get these half innings here and there, even in his good starts where he just suddenly loses all his command. Got a whole Javi Vasquez thing working there. Yes. And then, and then what's good is, in the past season, he would lose his command, and that would be for the game. Last year, he was able to get it back mid-game, which is progress. But against a team like the Astros last year, if you lose control for one inning, it might lose you the game. I think Michael Kopech is going to be this year, at best, this year's version of Carlos Rodon. And by the end of That's the season, my worry too. by the end of the season, he's not going to be worth anything to you. And Dallas Keiko, you don't know what you're going to get. Here's the deal. 
I'm going to get pushback on something like this because it's going to cost you young players to get Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is 32, so 32, 33, 34. Three years left on his contract, 14, 14, and 16 million. And you were dealing with a guy. Let's say you, let's say the Cubs opening day starter was your third pitcher. Let's say you put him behind Giolito and Lynn and Hendricks. That's a hell of a way to start a playoff series about guys you would trust. Guys with playoff victories, by the way. It, right? Yeah, I think that, yes, that's Kyle Hendricks is a guy that you go into a game with him starting in the playoffs and you feel good about it. You feel really good about it. He clinched the NL and he would have clinched the World Series if Joe Madden hadn't gone mad. So so this this will cost you young players. It may cost you Andrew Vaughn and what if it cost you Dylan Cease? Would you do that? Vaughn and Cease, I don't think so. I don't think that I don't think the White Sox should be giving up Andrew Vaughn for I he's not a guy I'm willing to trade. Okay, my my version is this. If you're talking a guy like Speaking as an old man like the chairman is, the only World Series the White Sox can win this year is this year's World Series. Okay, yeah. And nobody promised you sustained success. You take your World Series where you can find it, whatever it costs. The Cubs tried the sustained success thing. They built it the right way. They they built it up the way you saw that, that it should be done, and the Cubs and the Astros and the way those teams did it, and I have great respect for that. And it yielded one World Series for the Cubs and for the Astros, same as for the, the Miracle Nationals. The Giants, I think, were an aberration. I think winning every other year, every other year, it was spectacular, and, and that was a core group. The idea of a core group scares me because you're guaranteed – Nothing. That's and I, true. And I would think winning a World Series, one World Series, would would be the object of the exercise. They've said it, right? And I will say this: I think that I maybe it's me personally. I'm not really willing to give up Andrew Vaughn at this moment. But you're right. If they were to do it. I could live with it. It's not something that you ask me right now. I'm going to say, no, I don't want to do that. If they did it, though, I would say, okay, their lineup is still amazing. And now they have Kyle Hendricks. And that looks pretty good. That's what I was. And and so you're I'm thinking long term. You're thinking short term. I'm thinking right now. Exactly. they, They need to win the World Series. That's the point. That's the way they go in. And I have always. And I know Kenny Williams has taken a lot of slings and arrows of outrageous fortune in this town. But I always love that. I, I used to describe it as a football mentality, but I love that idea of now, here and now. We're playing for this year. This is it. And if you're going to bring in Larusa and whatever cogent years he has left, and you're Chairman Reinsdorf doing this, and whatever years he has left, I mean, they've, they've making... It was a huge discussion to get him to agree to rebuild because he didn't want to wait around. And now you could see that you, if you can't see a World Series berth right now, you can certainly you're on the on the you're close enough to it. You're a couple steps back in line, that kind of thing. Okay, so real quick now because we got a break. Are you concerned at all about Kyle Hendricks having pretty much his worst year in the majors last year? And he rebounded. 
and I'm I don't I'm I'm concerned about every pitcher not getting enough time in spring training and and having to worry about them. Less concerned about a guy who doesn't throw 98 than I am about a guy like Kyle Hendricks. And I just think I, I, I think you've got a professional. I agree. I mean, there. I think that I I I agree with you. I'm not overly worried about what his ERA was last year on a terrible team. So, yeah, I just was curious what your thoughts on it. Like, if there's I, any drawback I, there, I, I'm if if past his prologue, he is going to be a pro. He's going to give you quality innings. He's going to give you quality leadership when he's on the mound. So, that's what I would lobby for. But nobody listens to me. You know who we're going to listen to when we come back? We're going to take a break. When we come back, Parkins and Spiegel did an interview with Justin Fields' quarterback coach. And he had some things to say that, well, continue, Trash Panda, to fry your ass. Would that be a fair description? I guess. Yeah. 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 We'll hear what he has to say. We'll talk about it. And then... Next hour, we will talk with Mark Grody about that interview and that football team, them Bears. Steve Rosenblum, Trash Panda with you. Saturday Suck at Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Breaking news on The Score is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Meet Mike. Mike has his head stuck in the sand, ignoring the seepage problem in his basement. He should call U.S. waterproofing instead. U.S. waterproofing? Yep. They'll fix your seepage issues now, before the next storm hits. The next storm? Newsflash, Mike, it rains in Chicagoland. Schedule your free consultation today at uswaterproofing.com or call 800-US-WATER and enjoy no interest if paid in full in one year. U.S. Waterproofing. A better basement starts with us. Spartan Safe is opening a second Chicago-area showroom in Aurora. Hi, it's David Haw. Make sure to stop by the Aurora showroom on April 8th and 9th for huge deals like up to $1,600 off great American brands like Liberty Safe. Safe's as low as $799 and our Liberty Safe giveaway. Spartan Safe sells home safes, gun safes, and vaults of all sizes and for any budget don't wait on theft and fire protection for your valuables shop the grand opening on april 8th and 9th or visit spartansafeaurora.com now for dependability in your starters alternators and power steering products look no further than your neighborhood bumper to bumper auto parts store we stock a complete line of quality genco brand starters alternators and power steering products that meet or exceed oem standards Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.